Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh and thank you so much for listening. Let's just get on into the questions. If you have questions, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. You can also go to bit.ly slash radioiagp. That is capital R, capital IAGP. And we have a little thing that you can use, a little form that you can fill out and send in questions to us. You can also just at me on Twitter, at ImplausiblyJ on Twitter. I'll take any of them. Our first question comes from Twitter. At Kate Bunny, Kate underscore Bunny, says, Best non-mainstream JRPG series. Minimum three games to count. I think I've said on this podcast that historically I've not been super into JRPGs. I think that the JRPG I've spent the most time with is like the Pokemon series, which is very mainstream, and I think barely a JRPG as most people would conceive of them. However, for a series that I think is a little bit more non-mainstream, I really liked some of the Etrian Odyssey games on the 3DS and DS. Um, I never beat them. I would only ever put like maybe two to five hours into them, but I always had a blast with them. It was just a little bit my brain doesn't handle RPGs that well unless they're ones I've already played or something that can actually like hook me really hard, I guess is the best way to put it. It can just really sink its teeth into me and not let me go, basically. And while there are some cool things about Etrian Odyssey, drawing the maps in the DS ones especially, some of the class systems were pretty cool too. Those games felt like they were really difficult to actually progress in, if that makes sense. Like, I always felt that I was never quite making progress. I was just kind of doing the game and not like forwarding any story or making any forward progress in the game itself, if that makes sense. So I would almost always end up bouncing off of them, getting slightly frustrated that I like wasn't making progress and didn't quite understand how I should have been making progress. I think they're really fun games. I think I just, every time I've ever tried to play them, I just didn't have the brain power to make progress in those games but they're very cool and someday i will give them another shot but they were cool definitely like that's the only reason why i would actually give them another shot is that i did enjoy them even if i was not good at them if that makes sense so yes the etrian odyssey series next we have an email from anonymous anonymous says hi radio iagp When someone says Flash games, what's the first thing you think of? Thanks, Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. The first thing I think of when I think of Flash games is playing the Tower Defense game series Gemcraft. I think that series is really cool and probably one of my favorite Tower Defense games of all time. And I remember putting in hours and hours and hours into that game, into a lot of those games in the series. In fact, I think most tower defense games that I've had the most fun with were Flash games. There was Gemcraft where you would combine gems of different colors and they would each have a different property of some sort. Like maybe one would cause a an enemy to bleed so they would take damage every second or so. Um, or they would multiply damage or they would tear through the armor stat of the enemy or whatever. You would combine these gems together, make them more powerful, and then you would put them into towers. They would shoot tower defense. It was so fun, and the longer you played and the better you got, the more powerful you got and like the better starts you would have. So going through those first handful of levels, 
they're pretty good and you could have some fun and then you could after you've cleared like 10 or so levels you would go back with your different skill set where let's say you had more starting mana resources you had more anything basically and you play on these harder difficulties which would get you more experience which would level you up and get you more skills and like it was this really good loop where the game had i'd say maybe 30 plus discrete levels and each level can be played in like three different modes on top of the original mode that you played it in to begin with so there's a ton of content you could really strategize your gameplay it was really 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 good and it was something that i could really sink my teeth into for hours and that game one of them i don't know if all of them did but one of them came to steam and i got that recently and i've played it as a kind of wind down game a game i'd play on my lunch just something to plug in a couple minutes into beat a level or so or make some progress in a level and then go about my day it's so good our next question or email comes in from Brian. Brian says, well, hello there, dear friend. It's me, Brian, again. Everyone should be wearing masks. What's the best mask in video games? Brian. Thanks, Brian. Everyone should be wearing masks. Please put on a mask when you go outside if you aren't. And if you are wearing a mask when you go outside, continue doing so. Thank you. Let's see. The best mask in games. I'm trying to think of characters that wear masks. First thing I thought of was Mortal Kombat. I think pretty much every Mortal Kombat ninja that wears a mask has a pretty iconic mask. Your Scorpions, your Sub-Zeros, your Noob Cybots. My Mortal Kombat knowledge isn't very good. However, the look and design of all those characters rules, and I would get a Sub-Zero-ish face mask. It would be cheating to say that the Power Rangers have good masks in video games because, well, they're a series that exists outside of video games, and they're technically all helmets, so, yeah. But I'd say those helmets or masks are very good. Batman wears good cowls in the Arkham series. I just finished Arkham City, and I would say almost every mask in that game is, like, pretty solid. I think the one that looks pretty bad is the Batman Beyond one. The eyes look oddly off, and not because they're all white, but because I think they're spaced out a little strangely. I'm not 100% sure, but they don't look correct. They don't look like they're in the same place as they do in all the other character models for Batman. I can't even think of another video game character who wears a mask and wear, wears a mask and wears them with regularity. Superman kind of wears a weird head crown thing in the Injustice games. That looks bad. As much as I like dressing up my characters in those games, like the Injustice designs suck. They all are just very bad. I think they're just too textured and over-designed, like too, like over-detailed, I think is really the word I'm looking for. But every time I think about like Injustice 1 Superman with the S that like goes down to his belly, like the point at the bottom goes down to like his belly button and like the emblem shape looks all funny i don't know just something about that whole look of that game is a little weird to me anyways batman and sub-zero that's my answer and our last email comes in from claire claire says so sony and microsoft have both done presentations on their new consoles the playstation 5 and the xbox series x respectively are you currently leaning towards a specific console is there anything that you like about either console thanks claire thank you claire I think that it's a really hard decision right now. 
Um, I'm someone who has been on the PlayStation side of things for a while now. Um, I had a PlayStation 3, then I traded that up and got a PlayStation 4. I currently have a PlayStation 4 Pro. So I have some built-in content day one when I get a PlayStation 5, if I get a PlayStation 5, because I've purchased digitally for the most part. I do have a handful of physical games, so in theory some of those were transfer up to the PlayStation 5. I'm also a huge sucker for Spider-Man. Like, I cannot, that can't be de-emphasized, I guess, is that while I'm not necessarily, like, super into the Sony exclusives for the most part on the whole, I am absolutely going to want to play that Miles Morales game because I'm invested in Spider-Man as a character and Spider-Man lives on the Sony platform. So I will probably get a PlayStation 5. However, everything about the backwards compatibility aspect of the Xbox Series X seems really cool. I do have a an Xbox 360. I have purchased digitally some games. I have some physical games as well. And if I'm understanding everything correctly about the Xbox Series X, it seems like it's going to have a lot of backwards compatibility options just from reading discs, let alone bringing up your downloads from previous games on top, on top of things like Game Pass, where even though I am not a current subscriber to Game Pass, and I won't be unless I have an Xbox console, that's a whole library of games that exists that I can get into for however many bucks a month, which I think is a huge proposition. You know, I only have a bunch of PlayStation Plus games because I've had PlayStation Plus since the PlayStation 3. But old PlayStation 3 games that I have or have on my PlayStation account don't necessarily come up to the PlayStation 5. However, it seems like, as far as I can tell, I will be able to play any of those place, those Xbox 360 games on my Series X if I was to get one. And I have a few. And there are some games for those systems that I haven't played or would like to play again on more modern hardware. Take a game like Skate 3. That's a game that I have downloaded onto an Xbox 360. And while I don't think that the game holds up particularly well in the modern times, I do think that it's pretty fun and I might come back to it at some day at some day, at some time. So having a system, a modern system, play older games fairly trivially, I think is a huge plus in my book. And while I know that maybe Halo Infinite doesn't look great to people who have played every Halo game and have been with that series since day one, to someone like me who has barely played Halo games, I think the most I've ever played was playing them with cousins doing local multiplayer like deathmatch stuff like that's pretty much it that's like the extent of my halo knowledge that trailer did something for me at least and said oh this game looks like it looks like it could actually be a lot of fun and looks like it could be really cool and the series seems kind of interesting so you can combine that a someone new to these series who it seems like they're trying to get me on board someone who has not played these games before a new jumping on point for these games plus the idea that I can play some of those older games that I already have on an Xbox account on the new hardware means that, bang for my buck, it seems like the Xbox Series X might actually be pretty good for me. I'll have access, it's like the difference between buying a Game Boy Advance and like a DS Lite. Like a DS Lite is locked into just DS games, which is fine, not a big deal, or let's say like a 3DS 
compared to like an original DS, right? A 3DS is locked into 3DS games and DS games. A Game Boy Advance is locked in, or a original DS is locked into Game Boy Advance games. No Game Boy games, sadly, but like DS games, you know, like, I don't know. There's, there's some math there or go for a, maybe the better option would be like a, a modded Game Boy Color versus a modded Game Boy Advance, right? Like, maybe they both play a lot of the same games, but the Game Boy Advance has more games that I can play on top of all those older games that I can play. Or maybe like a Game Boy Advance compared to a Game Boy Micro, right? Or like the Game Boy Micro is going to be able to play the Game Boy Advance games and do it really well, but no Game Boy Color, no Game Boy games. A Game Boy Advance, unless modded, doesn't have the nice backlight screen, but it will play a Game Boy Advance game. It'll play a Game Boy Color game. It'll play a Game Boy game. So the math works out that maybe Game Boy Advance makes a little bit more sense for me not wanting to own two systems. You know, I I think that that's really what it comes down to at this point is that these systems are going to be expensive. If I'm going to get an Xbox or a PlayStation, I'm trading in the old thing. Now, I'm lucky that there are two PS4s in my apartment. So in theory, I could still play a PS4 game, but my system is a PS4 Pro. So if I personally want any system, I'm having to trade that thing in, getting rid of it, and then replacing it with something new. So the mental math becomes, what's worth replacing my current system with the new thing? Is it a PS5, which might play some PS4 games, doesn't seem like it's going to play PS3 or PS2 or PS1 games, or do I go for an Xbox? Box Series X, where I'm not going to be able to play those PS4 games that I had paid and have an established library with, because it's a new system, obviously, and a new whole, by a whole new company, whole new platform. However, it does open me up to the games I already have on the 360. It opens me up to Xbox One games that I maybe missed, and it opens me up to original Xbox games if I can get them from a secondhand store of some sort, either a used game store, eBay, whatever. So right now, it's just a really, really hard decision. And I also don't have... I don't play online games with people that often, you know? Like, so I don't necessarily even need to follow my friends to the new platform. I just need to do what makes the most monetary sense for me at the time. I think I might be leaning more towards the Series X than the PS5, but something about missing out that on that Spider-Man game really bugs me. Not because I give a hoot if you will, about platform exclusives or anything. If I cared about that, I wouldn't have like a Nintendo Switch or any Nintendo consoles, you know? But that Spider-Man game is really fun. Miles Morales is a character that's really important to me, and it would be a bit of a bummer to miss out on that game. I don't have that attachment to any Xbox series because I've never had an Xbox, so I've never been attached like that. I don't care if I go on master chief's next adventure because i've basically never played a halo outside of a handful of times i have no attachment to that character so but having a huge library of games day one even if the xbox series x doesn't have killer killer software day, day one it does have a huge backlog of things that i can play and get which isn't necessarily the same thing in the ps4 Five because I have a PS4 currently, so any backlog is a backlog that already exists, if that makes sense. It's also hard to do the mental math when there's no prices yet. I have no idea how much these things cost yet, which sucks. 
but also means I have no way to plan ahead for this stuff, you know? Like, I think the guesses and the rumors are like 500 bucks a pop for each system, which that's expensive, but you know, I trade in my PS5, or I'm sorry, my PS4 Pro for a PS5 or an Xbox One X. GameStop will most definitely have deals for that type of stuff if they still exist by the time these systems come out. There's ways for me to get those systems and to get those games and stuff. It's just a matter of like, what's the actual price? How much am I going to pay out of pocket between the difference of the system I have trading it in for the new system? And do I think it's actually going to be worth it to even do that? To make the move to a new console with a handful of opportunities to play old games, maybe have some new software that I'm really into, or go to a new platform that I have a lot less experience with, but have a wider range of games that I can play on that, you know? It, it, but like I said, it's just so hard to know without knowing a price. I think once I know a price, it'll be easier to make that determination. But right now, it's all just like, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to move away from a PlayStation just yet. But at the same time, I really probably shouldn't get a PS5 just for Spider-Man, you know? All right, I think that'll do it for this episode. I've been recording for half an hour. I don't know when it's going to end up at the end, but that's it for this episode. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. You can get at me on Twitter at ImplausiblyJ. You can follow ImplausiblyAverage on Twitter at ImplausiblyA. You can send in emails to RadioIAGP at gmail.com and tell a friend about this podcast if you think that it's cool and neat and fun and easy to listen to. I've still been playing Magic the Gathering Arena on our YouTube, so if you look up Implausibly Average on YouTube, you'll find us there. And that's it. No more plugs, no more nothing. I'm out of here. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all next time. Later. Pizza time.